Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. This vocation. <laughs> Welcome everybody, I'm Father Justin Waltz. I'm Father Josh Waltz. And we are the Sons of Thunder! Coming at you live today from St. Mary's Central High School. And we've got one heck of a show for you, everybody. We're going to be stepping out here in about a this half This is one heck of a hour. day. It is one heck of a day. Here at St. Mary's Central High School, they are unveiling the massive dome statue of feet. Our Lady I think of it's Victory. 12 feet, gilded and gold. Gilded and gold. She's up there right now with the tarp over her. And as we speak, <laughs> students that are... That doesn't sound very good. <laughs> <laughs> students are showing up from all around the city. All of our Catholic schools are going to be present here today for this very historical event here at St. Mary's. Now it's time for everybody's favorite section of this show... We're crushing it with Bishop Kagan! Oh. <laughs> Welcome, Bishop. How you doing today? Great. Thank you for having me. You're so excited. This is the most excited I've ever seen Bishop Kagan. He's smiling. He's ready to rock and roll. So Bishop's going to be unveiling the statue, but in Are our... Are you going up? You're going up on the crane? Not really. No. <laughs> He's going to come swinging through. Yeah. At Grab the tarp. Five feet. Grab the tarp. Rip it yeah. off. We'll put a cape on you. <laughs> yeah, you can wear right. the whole cape. Um, so we actually have had uh, – it's been one historic event after another in this diocese over the past – We just can't stop winning. Yeah, in the words of Donald <laughs> Trump, we're just winning and winning and winning here in the Diocese of Bismarck. Uh, but we had one of our own, now Bishop Austin Anthony Vetter, is the Bishop of Helena, who is one of our priests, mm -hmm. uh, was selected to be a bishop. And so we thought, um, for everybody, I know it was very interesting for a lot of people to kind of hear uh, bishops talking about the process of becoming bishops. Right. And so we thought we would uh, invite you today, Bishop, to just discuss <clears throat> the various elements of how that process works. So why don't we begin with <clears throat> a gentleman as a priest... What are the different ways that uh, he might be selected or even looked at in, mm -hmm. in the process of becoming a bishop? Uh, the uh, most frequent way, uh, as I understand it, and uh, since I've been bishop uh, of Bismarck, uh, we do this uh, every year, uh, meaning we meaning the bishops of our province, which is the province of St. Paul in Minneapolis. We meet in August of each year uh, just to discuss things, uh, have a little time together for prayer and relaxation. But the business part of our meeting, one of the, uh, the elements is uh, Archbishop uh, Neinstedt and now Archbishop Hebda have been the two archbishops uh, since I've been bishop in Bismarck. Uh, they uh, ask us uh, if we uh, know of or even have one of our own priests uh, whom we think might be a good candidate for consideration for huh. the episcopacy, uh, 
put together a pretty um, complete curriculum vitae description of of this man's life since uh, he was ordained a priest, what he's done uh, as a priest, whether within or outside the diocese, and and make that presentation. Then we all um, have a chance to talk about uh, that individual priest and. Uh, many priests you know, some priests you just don't know, but uh, in the end, uh, what uh, the Archbishop will uh, do is, uh, we all have a copy of, of every, all of those priests' uh, backgrounds and uh, curriculum vitae, and uh, we, we vote, uh, and it's by majority, it's not a binding vote, of course, but... Uh, all the priests uh, who are uh, receive uh, the majority of favorable uh, comments and and so forth, the archbishop uh, puts these uh, resumes together, if you will, and sends them to the apostolic nuncio in Washington uh, for his future reference and consideration and. Uh, yeah, I, I recall the first time we did it, uh, we did this was in 2013 um, uh, when we gathered in the uh, Do diocese. they do it every year? Uh, you, you are supposed to do it every three years, but it's okay. been our custom since I've been bishop. We talk about various candidates each year. Uh, so I, I presented uh, Bishop Vetter's my proposal of him along with a description of of his life as a priest here uh, in 2013 and um, it kind of gets the ball rolling you have no idea whether in time anyone you propose may be under real consideration once a vacancy in a diocese opens up and uh, but each year uh, it, when we went I just uh, said I, I, you know. There's a. We got a message going on here. There's a message going. At least it's not for me, thank God. <laughs> but anyways, uh, over the course of time, I, I just kept saying I, I still propose uh, Father Vetter, and so. So do you have to renew that proposition? And only if I only did it once, because by the time I presented him the first time, he. Uh, had left St. Leo's and was uh, the director of spiritual formation at the North American College. So in, uh, it was 2018, uh, Austin had returned and took up his uh, office as rector of the cathedral. So I said just to update Nothing else has changed except now he's back from Rome and after six years and now he's begun his uh, duties as rector of the cathedral in Bismarck. Can I so. ask, so I'm thinking about this curriculum vitae and <clears throat> just from my own knowledge, like if, if a guy works at the North American College, so you're the mm. head of spiritual direction, does yeah. that from another angle you know, on some level get you on the radar or elevate you to those things? Uh, you know, it, it, I, that I don't know, except uh, because of his time at the North American College, all of our bishops knew him, uh, knew him. Knew him because they almost all of them have seminarians there <laughs> or 
they stay there when they're in Rome and so get to know him. And, and so it wasn't difficult. It was like I didn't have to explain who Austin Vetter right. was to those bishops. So in that case, then, the more well-known a guy is just by the way. Yeah, I mean, it helps at that level. Okay. where How do you uh, stay off of that list? <laughs> By nobody ever mentioning your name. Right, exactly. <laughs> but uh, uh, I knew something might happen about a year ago when uh, the nuncio sends around, uh, uh, under the pontifical seal, a series of questions. Uh, but it's, it's specific to a single person. Hmm. Right. And so uh, I got his packet of things to specifically go into much greater detail. Of, about They don't say what diocese he's being considered for, but just uh, you're now on the radar. The radar, and they <clears throat> want to have much more information about you. Uh, so they'll ask bishops, they ask uh, priests. Say, I was asked to submit a list of uh, Catholic lay people hmm. uh, from the diocese who would have known him, you know, while he served here, uh, you know, in various assignments and things. So you do that. And then it's all sent away. And and honestly, uh, uh, you you kind of lose touch with with that because it takes a good deal of time first to get enough information then the nuncio has the hardest job he has to collate all of it and put it into a kind of a coherent uh, lengthy and detailed narrative about the person so that's sort uh, of level two. So level one was getting on the yeah. radar. Now you're up in the, the nuncio. And just so everybody listening, the nuncio is the papal representative to the United States. Right. So he works with the diplomatic corps, which is a group of priests, which is still sort of a mystery to me. But these yeah. guys are really charged with putting these files together. Right. And once that's complete, then he forwards along with... Uh, now he'll send more than one of these files... Uh, to the Congregation for Bishops in Rome. Is this the Turna? Uh, no, not okay. yet. <clears throat> uh, but then the Congregation for Bishops goes through their own investigation. I, I have no idea how that works or who they talk to. Uh, but then at a certain point, when they're considering an, an open diocese such as Helena... Uh, they will uh, propose to the Holy Father, after they've done their work and voted, uh, three equally qualified men to be the bishop of the Diocese of Helena. Okay. It could be someone who is already a bishop somewhere else, could be an auxiliary bishop, or it could be a priest who would need to be ordained a bishop. But then uh, the uh, uh, prefect of the Congregation for Bishops has a standing appointment, which takes, I was told at one time, it takes pretty much an entire afternoon. He sits with the Pope, and they go through each one of these. Daily. 
Uh, no, once a week. Okay. <clears throat> uh, and uh, it ultimately comes down to whom does the Pope choose? And for each open diocese, that they have to present three candidates. That's the turna, uh, the uh, roster of three candidates equally qualified according to the congregation to be the bishop. But they, it's the pope's decision. Prerogative. And so he goes through each file, and he decides uh, who should be the first on the list who's to be second, who's to be third. And that means but the first guy may say no. It, yes, because that's it, it's not like you're it, the same thing when you and I were, we weren't forced to accept ordination to the diaconate and priesthood. Right. Uh, one, no priest can be forced to become a bishop, so to speak, against his will. And people do say no. And yes, it happens. Uh, you don't know that, you know. Uh, <laughs> can I ask a question about that, though? Because I've been wondering about this. Because, you know, we heard there were other candidates and, you know, that said no first or whatever it might well, be. Why? So that, you know. Who knows? I, who but knows? That's a rumor. If you say no, <clears throat> are you just gone? So that's your one shot at it? Well, I do don't, go... that I don't know. And the uh, other question I had is, if you're not selected, so let's say your number one is selected, the, yeah. do two and three get put back into that pool? Yes. And then they oh, keep yeah. coming around? Yeah. And because it, it, the congregation <clears throat> has found them, unless something, you know, it, they come down with a, a, a terminal illness or whatever, something else occurs in their lives that would be an impediment, so to speak, or an obstacle for them to be take up and be a diocesan Poor health bishop. Or yeah. Are all these guys under, like, when you're talking about <coughs> the lengthy process and, you know, the lay people that are interviewed mm. in your interviews, is everybody kind of then under a pontifical secret? Yes. They are. Okay. Are you permanently yeah. under that secret? Like, I can, after no. a guy's selected, then you can come out and say, yeah, no. this is what happened. It's, it's only, an, you cannot say anything until the Holy Father announces okay. that you uh, you are to be the Bishop of Bismarck, the Bishop of Helena, whatever diocese it That's is. That's amazing that they can keep that, it that quiet. Yeah. Well, well think, it's I mean, under the threat of excommunication. It. It's pretty well, I suppose that'll do it. <laughs> but only the Pope i got to start doing that with my meetings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We're all under the see, pontifical secret. See how that works. <laughs> so, but it's a lengthy process, and <clears throat> the person being considered has no clue whatsoever. That they're being considered. That they're being considered until you actually receive a telephone call from the nuncio. Gosh, that just comes out of nowhere. That's you pick up yeah. the phone one day world, and... Man. Yeah, it, it, there's no specific day or no specific time of day. I mean, I was, was making that, a salami sandwich for myself <laughs> on a, a Saturday a little after 12 noon, and my cell phone kept ringing and ringing, and I, I kept getting all these goofy, stupid solicitation calls for like the newspaper and you know do i want car insurance i wasn't even going to answer it but it didn't stop ringing and so finally i answered the phone and here didn't that happen to, to bishop vetter too yeah like he, he wasn't got answering it, it, his? well i was called first uh, and the, so the nuncio told me and he said i need your help can you give me a phone number for father vetter and so it happened to be monday uh 
And I said, well, uh, Your Excellency, it's his day off, but let me give you his cell phone. He always has that with him. And he said, oh, that's wonderful. And he said, uh, after I talk with Father Vetter, I'll ask him to give you a call. I said, well, that'll be fine. So that's how we left it. And so this was probably about 1130 in the morning when he called me. And it was like three after 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and I, I hadn't heard anything. So I, I figured, well... So I call him up. I said to Austin, having a nice day? He says, yeah, it's great. I'm just sitting here. It's my day off, but I'm, I'm here just straightening stuff out in my office and, you know, putting stuff away. And I said, have you, have you had a, a phone call or two from an area code 201? Right. He said, yeah, yeah. He said, uh, I, didn't, I didn't answer it because I, I figure... They're, you know, they're calling, they want money or something. I said, well, if I were you, I would just call that number back. <laughs> and I said, you know, uh, after you, you call, give me a call. Oh, you think I should call? He said, and I said, yeah, I, if I were you, I'd call that number. <laughs> so about 45 minutes later, my phone rings and he says to me, uh, Bishop, are you busy? I said, <laughs> No, come on over. And so that's, you know. And then he's he released. A, yeah, he had a very nice conversation. Well, you can't speak about it uh, until the official announcement. So he had to, everybody who knew it had to stay quiet until it was announced on, uh, I think it was October 8th in Helena. And then you can talk about it. But uh, Awesome. Very lengthy process, everybody. Thank I just, you, yeah, Thank you for explaining it. And You're hopefully uh, everyone here today uh, really got some out of that. They were tremendous. Uh, process in selecting bishops. So in you our guys church. can wait for your phone call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Pray God, no. Well, we're gonna, well, Bishop. Thanks for being on. You're we're gonna welcome. step away here for a second for the unveiling of the Saint Mary's new statue, and uh, Mike Kudrowski is gonna step in and take care of prayerfully yours and a couple other segments. We are coming to you live from Saint Mary's Central High School. This is Father Justin Waltz. And I'm Father Josh Waltz, and we are the Sons, Sons of the Thunder. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.